If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You're about to hear us get really heated uh, as we discuss uh, a TED Talk that we recently viewed on uh, the cause of diabetes or how to kind of treat it. Mm. Um, and it kind of goes into uh, the obesity epidemic. And we get real heated about it and real passionate Excellent. about it. It strikes Excellent. a chord, man. Um, anyway, we talk a little bit about nutrition and we realize lots of you have questions about nutrition. We have put together a nutrition survival guide fasting bundle. So you're going to get a guide that's Really going to break down, macro breakdown for it. It's going to break down calories. It's going to help you eat properly. It's a great guide. Along with that is our nutri- is our uh, intermittent fasting guide, which teaches you how to utilize intermittent fasting properly. And fasting is one of the best tools and techniques that I've come across over the last 15 years uh, in terms of something that can really take your nutrition to the next level in terms of health, longevity, fat loss. And you don't have to buy anything extra. All you, you don't. have to do is no. don't eat. You just got to learn how to do it right. You got to learn yeah, how to do it right. It's simple, it's straightforward, and it's healthy for you we break if you down, do it right. We break down six different ways to do it. Anyhow, uh, Nutrition Survival Guide, Fasting Guide, Bundled Together, Massive Discount, MindPumpMedia.com. I was listening to um, our chest episode that we just launched recently, and I've, you know, I know personally, and I, I the think- The breasticle chesticles. The chesticles, yes. Yeah. Which have been huge, right? People are love. We're getting a lot of great feedback uh, from all the, you know, individual body part related. Yeah, yeah the body parts and uh, breaking them down, the do's, the don'ts, whatever about them. Uh, I've caught myself several times using uh, the words rounded shoulders or protracted shoulder girdle. Um, I think that uh, we should kind of explain a little bit of that, whether we do it on the podcast or YouTube. So just mm. remind me, Doug, maybe. Maybe we do a YouTube uh, shot of just explaining oh, upper, what that means. Yeah, what's upper cross syndrome? What's lower cross syndrome? You know, just because common deviations. It, and- it's so common. I mean, I would argue to say, at least in in my experience, the thousands of people I've trained, I would say ninety percent have mm-hmm. some form of it, whether it's extremely excessive. I know every time I do an assessment, I'm going to see it. Yeah, right. Every single time. Yeah. So I think even if we even if we just shot like a video of a row. Like a like a band row or cable row, we could probably yeah. demonstrate seated row. Yeah, yeah, demonstrate identify protracted shoulder girdle, and then this is what retraction and depression looks like. Well, I think that's perfect, right? We just wrap a rubber band around something, we show them, like you said, the seated row, and then we could really attack the uh, upper cross syndrome first. I just think it's important because it's so common, right? And you put know, the visual there for them. Too. Yeah, in yeah. the in the video or in the uh, the chest uh, podcast, we were talking about you know. I mentioned that, you know, here we talk about chest and form, but really a lot of people have a really hard time getting themselves in the the correct position to mechanically do the movement properly. And really that's the first phase we get. You get all this shit that we see on, on social media where everybody's talking about the next creative exercise, you know. Oh, try this or, you know, use a, you know, you know, Gravitron machine for pull-ups to do your fucking chest on or do a hammer mm-hmm. strength machine and turn sideways or, oh, put some bands on your, on your fucking hammer on strength. On your leg extension. Yeah. Or on your, you know, on all these, like, it's like, dude, majority of people can't even fucking connect correctly. And you guys are trying to get creative with movements that really are not going to give them much. Do pull-ups for cardio. Yeah, right. So I definitely think that uh, we should get into that a little bit more just because this is what we deal with 
with with our clients. And let's be honest, a majority of our listeners probably deal with this and have no fucking well, idea. Well, that's, that's the thing. We got to remember that although we get excited about the new stuff um, because we've been doing this for so long, it's just like when you meet a client for the first time. It's always the same things you're showing them in the beginning. And to them, it's always blowing them away because these are things that they've never heard. And we just take for granted because we've learned them and we've known them for so long. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a look. You know what? One of the videos we put on uh, Mind Pump TV that's gotten so many comments was how to do a proper plank. Yeah. Because, and this this is true now, everybody does a plank wrong. I, I see people plank. I see people posting. I could pull up plank pictures on Instagram or Facebook, and I guarantee you 100% of them will be wrong. Yeah. Everybody is in an, an anterior pelvic tilt when they're doing the, the, the plank, or in other words, they're sticking their butt up in the air right. uh, with a slight arch. They're not engaging. And it's all hip flexor. It's, right. it's well, a hip flexor plank. If now, you do the other way, you got your core. Well, and backing that up, you know, I, I just mentioned upper cross syndrome and lower. That's lower cross syndrome, right? So it's very common for people to have that anterior pelvic tilt when they get down in that position. So you have to address that first before you even can really do a plank properly. Well, what they don't realize is they think that their their doctor or whatever saying, strengthen your core because your lower back has problems because your core is weak. Right. So then they go do a plank. And they do it in the end. And yeah. what they don't realize is they're, they're strengthening they're reinforcing the imbalance. Yes. They're yeah. strengthening the problem. It, you know, it's such a great point. And you, before I even lay somebody down on the plank, I have them stand up. And I, I just show them what, what anterior pelvic tilt, posterior pelvic tilt, and then neutral looks like so they can feel that standing up. And it looks funny when we're standing up there because I thrust my pelvis forward and say, okay. Hot chick. This is your normal person. Yeah, this is Weird your posterior note. pelvic tilt. <laughs> and then you stick your ass out all excessive and you say, this is the anterior. And then you go, now find the middle of that. And then when you, and it's funny when you get somebody and they, they, you have them mirror you and try and find what neutral hips look like. It's awkward for them. It's awkward, and they, they are working to do that, and that's because they have major imbalances. So they need to understand that first before they get down and they progress into a plank position and now have to suspend their weight. Dude, It's uh, there was a meme on Instagram that destroyed me, and it was a picture of- <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It's a, it's like a side view of like uh, lordosis, so lumbar lordosis, <laughs> right? And on the top it says- do you got a bad chick or does she just have <laughs> lumbar lordosis? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just she a bad bitch. It's the, it's the you know when the girls on the in the Instagram they stick their ass out super uh, hard and they're like super arch I dated and it's I, like that's a posterior deviation yeah, my friend. Dude, Sorry. I dated this model that was like this, right? And everybody thought she had this badass ass, dude, that she was bad. Now, dude, I was hitting it, so I know what it really looked like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she didn't at all. She just had this excessive First tilt. account unbelievably excessive tilt. In fact, she had a tiny little flat ass, but it looked like she had this bad ass. <laughs> we could stand straight up and do doggy style. Well, and let me tell you this, mm. you're right. And she had major low back pain all the time and dealing with all this stuff. And it was just like trying to get her. To, and you know what? Trying to get her to fix it was like, fuck, no, this is what this is. People love this that. on me, man. Yeah. Well, they get complimented on it, right? Yeah. You tell someone like that, they need to tuck that, that pelvic in and oh God, then her ass just disappears. Well, dude, and then they wear high heels that encourages this, this, by the way, is why high heels make you look more attractive. Yeah. It encourages anterior pelvic tilt. It makes your butt 
stick out. Yeah. Oh yeah, you flexes your calves, right? You're in, you're in plantar flexion, and then it rotates the hips out. So hamstrings mm-hmm. are tight, fucking calves are tight, ass is rotated <laughs> out. Like I feel like we ba-boom. should we should hold a clinic for strippers and all these Instagram chicks. <laughs> like, hey, we'll help you single well, single handedly ruin their business. Yeah, what exactly. I what I really normal again. What I really want to talk about is the video you just recently fucking shared. Fucking mind, us. it's mind blowing. You know, and our our carbs fucking killing us, dude. That's our, that's that's a good question are carbs killing us Whoa. and you well know. so with the video uh i actually posted it on our facebook uh page our mind pump facebook page our and it's, private forum yeah no no not on the private forum oh, i posted on the- it on our regular facebook page mm-hmm. and uh let me see what the name of uh of the video is so that you can look it up yourself well why don't you just tell them where the name of our facebook is and well it's go- just mind pump you just go to facebook mind mind pump, pump, that was mind, mind pump, pump show oh mind, mind pump, pump show yeah on come facebook. on new guy it doesn't yeah. say mind pump show when i look it up just it, go it, it, is it mind pump show it still yes. okay mind pump show yeah research mind pump show on facebook everyone's got a fucking but the, facebook but the, the the video i posted it uh a, a couple few days ago it's called reversing type 2 diabetes starts with ignoring the guidelines um and then i wrote that the you know the overconsumption the, excuse me the overconsumption of carbohydrates and the underconsumption of natural and healthy fats are Easily the main cause of our modern disease epidemic. This is one hundred percent true. Now the way the video opens, and this is a this mm. is a doctor that specializes in treating obesity and in treating uh, diabetes and insulin resistance. And she comes out and says, and at first I get a little bit irritated because she comes out and says, you know, uh, people who are overweight, you got lots of obesity. And all of us believe that it's their uh, fault. It's yeah. just their fault. Like all they need to do is is have a little bit more self control, and they won't be so obese. And then she starts to highlight the statistics. Here's the statistics: we know for a fact that over half, okay, so a majority of people uh, are overweight in America, and a good chunk of those people are considered obese. So not just overweight, but obese. Right. Uh, about uh, what was the number? Forty or fifty percent of Americans, fifty percent, yeah, have some to. form of insulin resistance. Yes, this is what I so, so this found is so fascinating. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I just I found that uh, what she said that a majority of these people we don't even know that they 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 are on the course for this because we don't test for that right now. Right it's now, like the pre pre yeah. Yeah, we, right, right now, right. we test for blood sugar, right? And what we don't realize, and, and I didn't even realize this till she said this, that, you know, let's say I'm somebody who's young, teenage years, and I'm just fucking excessively eating carbohydrate, candy and Slurpees and Cokes and everything, right? Just French fries, whatever. You know, and, and, and in your head, you know, you exercise, you move a lot. So maybe you're not even obese yet, but what you're training the body to do is to continue because the blood sugar spikes every time you do it to release more and more insulin mm-hmm. and your insulin levels are becoming elevated and elevated and elevated and elevated over years and because you don't have an obesity problem and, and you don't even have a blood sugar problem yeah you don't have because you, exactly you're testing totally fine but you don't know that you're training the body to can increase these insulin levels that holy shit you could be somebody who looks healthy and normal in your teens and 20s but because of these habits of consuming like this you're training this at this so it's what does she call it the the pre 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 diabetes. Yeah, pre pre diabetes. Well, here's what's okay. So my my big epiphany from this is is basically that she was able to simplify so many like so much of the epidemic of uh, obesity in this country is all related to insulin resistant, like how we are all like how this insulin resistant like process like how that was contributing to. 
you know, everybody's obesity. Well, I mean, it it goes even further than that because you have people with pre-diabetes and diabetes who aren't aren't even overweight. That's Uh, what I'm saying. there's There's a big percentage of people who have diabetes who have no weight problem. So here's the problem that we are currently having with this obesity epidemic is that we're, we're viewing obesity as the cause of uh, disease, when in reality, the uh, obesity is a symptom of disease. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Can you get more problems as you become more and more overweight? Yes, but I will also use this as a fantastic example. You could take two people with a 20-pound weight difference between them with a similar frame, and the person who's got less 20 pounds lower is has far worse health than the person who's 20 pounds heavier. Uh, so there is a fluctuation there in body fat uh, that you can have and be very healthy or unhealthy, and it doesn't matter if you're fatter or not as fat. Now, besides that, yes, obesity that's, does contribute. Pause there for a second because that's a big fucking eye-opener right there. You know, for you to say that you mean to tell me somebody could be carrying same body types. We look, we're same, same age, same everything. They could be carrying 20 pounds more weight on their frame than I am and could technically be in healthier, be healthier. than Absolutely. That's a little mind blowing when you think about that, right? Because it's it's absolutely true. And like I said, if if we look at, so the reason why we focus so heavily on obesity is because obesity is such a visual representation exactly. of what's happening. Like I can walk around and I can see, you know, in my lifetime how much fatter people have gotten. Um, I know by my parents what they say, and my grandparents by how how different it's gotten. I can go to other countries, undeveloped countries, and see that there's a big difference in obesity in developed nations. Um, so it's very visual representation. But really, we got to look at the root cause. What's causing this? Now you talked about insulin. Here's what insulin does. Insulin is insulin is raised when we eat carbohydrates and to a lesser extent when we eat proteins. And it very, very, very little to no insulin comes out or is released when or we fat. eat fat. Right. What insulin does is it comes out and it tells the cells to uptake uh, glucose um, and along that maybe some amino acids. It's a regulator and a hormone. It's a, it's a hormonal regulator. If I'm constantly making my insulin rise all the time by eating and over-consuming carbohydrates, my body becomes desensitized to insulin. That's what insulin resistance is. Mm -hmm. What it means is that signal that my body's getting from insulin, um, it starts to ignore it a little bit. And so what my body does is it then releases more insulin. And then over time, it releases more insulin. And this process can take decades. It escalates. It can take decades. And the, the truth is you could have... Where let's say you're you know 18 years old and your body's using so much insulin and now you're 30 years old and your body's using three times as much insulin to remove the same amount of glucose out of your blood, your blood sugar will test normal. You'll go to the doctor, hmm. they'll test you and be like, no, you're fine. But what they don't see is that the amount of insulin that you're needing to release with each of these carbohydrate meals has now tripled since the, since the age of 18. Mm. And over time, that's what causes the problems. Here's another like fact that really blew my fucking mind was that the single largest uh, uh, contributor to coronary uh, disease, to heart disease, is not uh, cholesterol, is not fat intake. The number one largest contributor, over 40% of cases can go directly be linked to insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So really, if we look at the modern 
epidemic, the modern Western world's epidemic of, uh, uh, you know, health epidemics. Because we're seeing right now, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is a dr- this is a huge epidemic. It's so big that it has the capability to literally destroy and cripple our economy, which will then cripple our society. So this is a big fucking deal. It has the the power to do all that. And what we're doing is we're ignoring the cause because when we look at if okay, well, your body, why are we ignoring? It's a two hundred and fifty yeah, billion, billion dollar fucking industry, <laughs> it's bro. Huge. A quarter of a trillion dollars is being made off of not. Fixing the problem, treating well, it's a but conflict of interest for them. To, yeah, to 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 tell you otherwise, dude. Right? She made a comment that I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like she talks about right now the the what, ADA, right? That's yeah, the American uh, Dietetics or Diabetes Association. Okay, so the right now the prescription for when you come in and you have the diabetes is actually to give you medication. The medication they give you requires oh you to eat carbohydrates, or else you get side effects from that medication, which is only feeding the fucking root cause right. of how you got in the place that you are right now spinning your wheels mind-blowing why because we make more money keeping you fucking sick we we do and because the information that we've been taught about uh fat intake was based on no real science there were no real randomized control uh studies to show that fat intake is what is causing our problems Mm -hmm. uh what's causing our problems is our overconsumption of carbohydrates, in particular processed carbohydrates. And I'll tell you what, go into your grocery store, look at your grocery store. If we took all the food in your grocery store and turned it into macros, which macro would be represented the most? Carbohydrates. By far. They're cheap, and they're cheap partially because we uh, we subsidize the shit out of them. Uh, they, uh, when you eat a carbohydrate, your insulin rises, your body removes that glucose, you're hungry again, so it promotes you to eat. It, want, it makes you want to eat more, so they're very Explain addictive. to people what subsidized means, because a lot of people don't understand what that means. Subsidized just means that your tax dollars, uh, without you, you have no choice, of course, like all your taxes, go to these mega... Uh, corporations that grow corn and you know GMO wheat corn and, or yeah. wheat and these types of things because that's at one point uh, we we believed that it was in the best interest of the government to promote the growth of these high calorie you know uh, you know density uh, foods to because it, there were issues with we wanted to make sure people had enough food so billions and do- billions of dollars go to growing corn for example. Which is why products made with corn are so cheap. If you mm-hmm. if you it's, look at soda, a, a can of soda fifty years ago, uh, it was sweetened with sugar, cane sugar. Mm-hmm. Today, you, it's almost impossible to find a soda sweetened with cane sugar. It's sweetened with corn syrup, High fructose corn syrup. And the reason why it's sweetened with corn syrup is because our subsidized because we've subsidized corn. It's far cheaper. Well, let, yeah. what are some examples of this? Corn, flour, wheat. What else? Is yeah, it? yeah. I mean, those are the, those are really the big ones. So wheat, think, wheat and corn are the so are when, too big. Soy, soy, yeah. so corn you, and wheat are huge. So when you think about that, that these these guys are responsible. They're making billions of dollars, right? And they got their hands in the government. What do you think? Okay, just just. I mean, don't even to back up on everything that we've said already. Trying, what do you think the message, the studies that are getting done, 
who are they going to benefit? If these are the companies that are fucking funding, yeah, who's um, going to pay for all the studies to happen? Even yes, most <laughs> of this information. If who can afford to hire a team of twenty doctors and scientists to run control studies and who can? The average Joe who's trying to get out good information, we can't afford to do that. I can't pay. We can't afford to pay a whole fucking study group and pay doctors and scientists to put together the all these theories and ideas. No, no. but you know who can? A company that's making billions of fucking dollars. And is is funded by the government. So that's what's so hard about what we do is trying to get out a message out there. We're getting fucking drowned. It's the same problem with academia coming in and and having this over authoritative position uh, just because, you know, they've placed themselves in that position because of the way that it's structured. So now this person has all this authority because, you know, they've gone through a specific type of schooling and gathered a specific type of knowledge. But, you know, there was there's agenda there. You know, there's there's. The, the information that they have is definitely, you know, very centralized to, to you know, well, the academic world. Well, well the, the original study or the original, I say study, uh, I believe, Doug, maybe you can correct me if I was wrong, uh, if I'm wrong. Was it Dr. Ansel Keys that came out with the original? I believe so. Uh, he did it. I think he called it the seven country study in which he analyzed countries and their fat intake. I thought he took black and white photos. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, Adams. yeah. So he came yes, out. I know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Only Doug got Yosemite. the joke. Yosemite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he came out with uh, a seven. He called it a seven country History study. Jokes. And he, <laughs> sorry, he related it to the the fat intake to health and showed that the countries with the lowest fat intake were the healthiest. He got uh, international acclaim. I believe he won a Nobel Prize for it. Uh, the president of the United States at the time so ironic made him like this is the guy we need to listen to what we don't realize is he actually omitted several countries out of that study that did not fit that model because these other countries uh, ate lots of fat and were very healthy it's crazy that someone could win a Nobel Prize for that and he lost and now at the time at the same time there were other scientists who were going against him there was one British scientist and I can't remember his name and he was coming out with the opposite saying no you're wrong you're going to promote you know, lots of problems and obesity. And they not only shut this guy down, but they created this campaign of, uh, you know, where, where they basically discredited this guy so poorly uh, that he, yeah. I, he gave him like a scarlet letter and shit. Yeah. Like he, he lost, uh, um, he lost quite a bit uh, in terms of credibility, yeah. but it turned out that he was very, very right. Now, if you look at, you look at, uh, you know, what's happened in Western societies, pay attention. Uh, you know, the obesity rate among children was almost non-existent in 1960 and 1970. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about poor kids. I'm talking about middle-class children who have access to food. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, it's a huge percent, something like a, like a, like 20% of children are obese. Uh, when you look at adult obesity and, and diabetes, diabetes, by, by, by the way, type 2 diabetes used to be not called type 2 diabetes. People don't realize this. When I first started getting my certification. They referred to type 2 diabetes as adult onset diabetes. That mm-hmm. was the name of it. Yeah. Because I remember that. the only people that got it were adults and they got it because of poor eating habits growing up. Now kids are experiencing They this. change it to type 2 now because kids get it now. So you can't yeah. call it, you know, you don't want to call it adult onset when you've got children with it. Right. This all happened right at the same time our own government regulate, uh, you know, guidelines came out and said 
cut your fat intake, cut your fat intake, increase your complex carbohydrate intake, increase your grain intake. Yeah. Uh, look at the food pyramid. I was just going to say it's that. It's hilarious because, like, dude, I mean, she made, like, a couple, like, really standout points for me. And, you know, it's the non-essential piece, right? Whatever, like, there's two essential macronutrients, fat and protein. Like, and what do, what do you mean by essential? Like, your essential, body needs them. Right. Your body, like, your body needs to have it. It can't produce it. So therefore, you know, I have to to go out and eat protein and fat. Mm-hmm. You know, I there it you get zero from carbohydrates. Right, your 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 body already does produce glucose. It already produces glucose already. It'll produce all the glucose it needs uh, from protein that you eat, and even some from fats. Uh, but if you don't eat fat and if you don't eat protein, you'll die. If you don't eat carbohydrates, you'll be okay for the rest of your life. So I, I don't want to come across as demonizing carbohydrates. But what I do want to do is I want to be very clear that uh, I firmly believe and the evidence now is very strongly pointing in the direction of the health epidemic that we're experiencing that we've been in now for the last few decades is directly a direct result of the overconsumption of carbohydrates. Period. End of story. That's where it starts and that's where a lot of it ends. That's where we're seeing all this problem. And you know what? They'll look and say, um, you know, people are also eating more calories, and they are. But let's also let's also take a step back. Uh, one hormone does a very good job of making you hungry, and that's insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, eating carbohydrates is appetite stimulating. Eating fats is not. In fact, eating fats is very satiating. One of the first comments I get from people who dramatically reduce their carbohydrate intake and bump up their fat intake is that they just feel full. Like their appetite is just, you know, it's not, a, it doesn't come up like it used to when they take carbohydrates. You, know, you made a comment about not demonizing carbohydrates. Well, fuck that, dude. I want to demonize it. Like, I feel like it, it, it should be looked upon as that because it, 90% of it is fucking garbage. Well, it should be looked it? as minuscule in comparison. Yeah. You it, know, like, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about fruits and vegetable, uh, vegetable, vegetables, can't even say that right. I mean, a major, that's it, dude. Like everything else is, there's little to no benefit. I know people right now going, oh, whatever. There's benefits to this. There's been, most of that shit's tainted and we don't need it. Yeah, we don't so, need it. So, you know, I, I don't like, and I know, do I have carbs? Yes. I just talked on an episode recently where, you know, I, I had pizza and I had this, but you better damn well believe when I do stuff like that, I understand what I'm doing. You know, yeah. like it's, this is not ideal. No different than somebody who decides that they're going to do a line of Coke or fucking drink well, 10 people beers. People just get defensive about it. You know what I mean? People get defensive because they like to include that in their diet. And I understand that, but you- It's because they're look addicted, at the reality. Bro. Yeah, look at the reality. You don't need it. If you don't need it, then why are you so defensive towards it? Like, why why do you have to have this, it? The same thing. Okay, when some, you know, and I love, I know it's a extreme right some so I, I know i piss people off when i when i give the the cocaine and the alcohol and the the pills and all this analogy comparing to carbohydrates but the same attachment that those people get to those drugs in their body that they feel they need they have to have them is the same thing that goes that process goes with people that with carbohydrates they introduce them at such a young age and they continue to ramp them up ramp them up and the insulin just keeps going and going and going and creates more and more and more of a craving for it and then you ask you tell that that same person who's been doing that for 10 15 20 30 years of their life that excuse me sir you don't need that ever again in your life. And in fact, if you got rid of it out of your life, you would have a much better life and it'd be healthier and feel better. And all these things and symptoms that you're dealing with would probably start to go away. 
you know, that's a fucking huge thing for someone to look themselves in the mirror and say, yeah. I'm no longer going to do this because they're an addict and they don't that's even, it. and that's for step one of, of addiction is realizing that you were addicted to something. Right. Well, I, I, here's the thing, like so many, it's the way people eat now, many cultures now are based on many of these 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 carbohydrates, okay? Now, you got to ask yourself why. Well, a long time ago, humans went through the agricultural revolution, and it solved a lot of problems. It did. Like, before the agricultural revolution, people died of starvation all the time. Uh, after the agricultural revolution, like, our food is here. We don't have to move all the time. We can grow it. And there were some good things that came from it, but there were also some unintended consequences as a result. And so a lot of these cultures, for example, you look at my where my family's from. My family's from Italy. Everybody's like pasta and bread. That's so Italian. Actually, it's not. If we go back 500 years, it wasn't. It wasn't a huge part of uh, Italian food. That's more of a funny, recent, right? Isn't that funny? It's more of a recent, you know, relatively recent development. 500 years of, ago, they weren't eating a big ass loaf of bread and pasta and fuck all no, these it wasn't the like, No, it wasn't this big thing that they were, you know, feasting all the time. I mean, uh, you know, they would give poor people. I don't like, think I've ever seen uh, pizza on Game of Thrones, dude, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, my, my Game of Thrones is reality. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, Dragons it's, it's, and it's, fucking. it's important to note all that. And are there, there are definitely historically accurate. There are different ways uh, to eat to be healthy. But here's what you want to consider. Um, carbohydrates are very easily overconsumed. That's why you need to be careful with them. I'm not saying don't eat them and avoid them completely. There's a lot of you listening right now who probably half of you who had, who don't have insulin issues. You're very active. You're very mm-hmm. healthy. Your insulin is probably at a normal level. You don't have to worry about this rising insulin levels. And to you, I say you can eat those carbohydrates. Just don't overconsume them. I just but then suggest. I suggest you look at them differently now. That's, that's it. Yeah. That that's the point yeah. that I think I want to drive home because, like, even for myself, like I didn't consider the fact like a lot of this information is still new. Like even the whole revolution of uh, the revolutionary idea that fat isn't the the problem. You know, like that's that's still something people are are trying to digest. So you know, you got to start you know paying attention to the studies that are out there and like what is real and what is truth and what you need to to nourish your body and to and to to fuel yourself properly. Right, and you know, one thing that the the doctor said in the video was that uh, really what what insulin resistance is is carbohydrate toxicity. Um, which makes perfect sense. Very well said. I thought. If you can't, if your body has issues uh, processing and dealing with carbohydrates to where it needs to continue to raise its production of insulin in order to manage it, you are reaching higher and higher levels of carbohydrate toxicity. Now, what are some of the problems associated with carbohydrate toxicity? This is before you become pre-diabetic. Uh, well, uh, inflammation is one of them. Um, it can, it, it's actually not good for the brain. It can cause some neurotoxicity. It can cause issues with athletic performance and cause issues with sleep. Does it cause issues with other hormones? Well, yes. Yes, it does. Do you think that rising and rising insulin levels, even before any signs show up with blood sugar or never show up with blood sugar, do you think that rising insulin will affect other hormones in the body. Of course. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact that growth hormone and insulin are in- inversely related. That's it. The higher your insulin is, the lower your growth hormone is. And so now you're losing some of the benefit and the health benefits of normal growth hormone levels. And, and again, hormones 
when they're at optimal levels are good for you. When they're off, they become bad. This is any fucking hormone. I've testosterone, I can have healthy levels, or I can take mega doses of testosterone and I can have, you know, bad effects. Estrogen, cortisol. Everybody talks about cortisol being the stress hormone. Oh, everybody avoid cortisol. Let me tell you something right now. If I eliminated cortisol cortisol out of your body, you would be very, very unhealthy. You actually need cortisol to do a lot of important things in the body. So, and the same thing is true with insulin, just too much of it can cause these problems. And so let's say you're the other half. Let's say you're the other half with rising rising insulin levels where you're, you're starting to get into that insulin uh, uh, you know, resistance uh, stage. Well, what, what can you do for yourself? Uh, eliminate the macronutrient that requires high, that requires insulin to be pumped out. Eliminate carbohydrates. It's actually that simple. In fact, uh, and people will, you know, they'll cringe at, at hearing this, but Things like, you know, pre-diabetes and diabetes type 2, you know, type 2 diabetes, um, it can be managed with medications, it can be managed with an insulin pump, but it can be reversible by simply eliminating carbohydrate intake and even protein intake to a lesser extent by lowering that just a little bit. Because again, one of the one of the points she makes on there is that people mistaken low or no carb with extremely high protein, which is another big mistake. It's not. It's just high fat. We we pride ourselves a lot on any time that our paradigm is shattered. And I love to share with you guys uh, when I feel like I've been fucking up or not doing something correctly and, you know, something's uh, like this. We we just recently, like, I don't know, maybe six months ago, we went through the whole ketogenic process and it completely – changed my relationship with with food and in general or in uh, being specific with fats and you know i used to brag about being able to consume four to six hundred grams of carbohydrates uh daily and not get fat because i was training hard i was doing all these things i kept a low fat diet and in reality i'm i was on course to do the same thing that we're discussing right now and just because i'm not showing signs of obesity because I, my I, my blood sugar is in check right now, I'm thinking to myself, I'm totally fine. But in reality, I'm really just continuing to elevate these insulin levels. And will I be training the way I'm training at 60, 70 years old? I don't know. I hope so. But you know, am I going to have this this major uphill battle when I get older because I've been training my body to yeah, just been stacking it up? Yeah, right. So now I went from the guy who used to consume four or six hundred grams of carbs, and I never touched four hundred. Four hundred would be crazy, like what I did the other day with the pizza, like where I let myself to go the high, where that was a normal day for me to consume that much. Now a, a normal day of carbs is only a hundred to maybe tops two hundred grams of carbs. Majority of that coming from fruits and vegetables, and then the rest of my my calories really coming from fat. I'm always that's an, it, and that was a huge shift for me because our whole fitness career. I mean, look, I mean, every diet you guys ever probably wrote ten years ago or even less, maybe five years ago, was centered around carbs. 60, 60 to sixty five percent of the intake was carbohydrates. Crazy. You know, extremely low fat, and then we're going after protein. Oh my god! And, and then, like you know, dietitians and nutritionists out there that would come at you if you didn't start with that in mind, like right? Sixty percent. Like if you got away from that many carbs, you were like shunned. Well, I mean, uh, so check this out. So this just brought something up in, in my mind that I remembered. So I, I keep up with a lot of these um, longevity experts, and there, uh, there's a there's a whole new category of study. Uh, where scientists are trying to literally uh, cure the the problem of aging. 
Um, there's uh, like Ray Kurzweil, who's this brilliant uh, scientist. He works for Google now, believe it or not. Um, but he studies longevity and he thinks that we'll be solving the problem, you know, within the next hundred years of how we can prevent the aging process because they're viewing aging as this this process of slow, you know, progressive disease. And that's why you end up dying. And some of these guys, including him and actually a lot of these guys are recommending that people on a regular basis take metformin. Do you guys know what metformin is? Um, I don't. Metformin is a uh, it's a drug. Uh, the the trade name is uh, I believe it's glucophage or glucophage. Um, it is a first line treatment for type two diabetes. Now, what it does is it reduces the amount of glu- uh, glucose that is produced by the liver. And what they're finding is people when they do studies with this particular drug that it uh, definitely lowers uh, you know blood sugar. And it helps control it, but it also has evidence of preventing cardiovascular disease and even cancer. Um, <laughs> and, and 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 now this let is me, a, let me help you with your yeah. blood sugar and give you some I cancer. Get a drug. <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean, what I mean is, it, 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 know, it, it has all these health benefits, but it's a drug that's doing this, and all of this drug is doing is what you can do naturally. <laughs> what you can uh, yeah, stop eating carbs with. What, yeah, so you just reduce, like, don't overconsume carbohydrates. And so, uh, you know, really, what I want, what I would want listeners to take away from this episode isn't to eat a, to go keto keto is not for everybody it's not to go super low carb it's to view your macronutrients in this order mm-hmm. uh look at fat first then look at your proteins and then your carbohydrates that's how you should be viewing the types of foods that you're yeah. eating if you're still hungry you know sprinkle in a little bit of well, carbs. let's let eat that way how many of you look at your plate of food and go i'm gonna eat the fat first yep then i'm gonna eat the protein right and then whatever's left over, I'm going to have carbohydrates. And then when I do, I'm going to shoot for like leafy greens and fruit and things like right. that as my first first choice of carbohydrates. Just that alone, like fuck counting, fuck all this like all getting crazy details. Yeah, watch that suppress a lot of your, you know, that that feeling like that I have to have that, you know, that that sweet or, you know, whatever it is that's driving you towards a carb. Yeah, we we put so much I mean we have a we have like this 50/50 uh, like listener base. Like you have these like really advanced like competitors and stuff like that that like want crazy detail of how many grams of this should I have, how many grams of that. Then we have the other half that are like just people trying to do make better healthier choices. Like, so I feel like it's so important that we, ad- we address both. And, you know, let me tell you, like being a competitor and somebody who isn't accounting, do it. Fuck. I don't even, you don't need to like, just start with that. Just start with stay, try to stay away from all these crazy carbohydrates and target your fat first, then target your protein. And then what you have left over trying, if you are at all going to fill it with any carbs, you know, target your your leafy greens and vegetables, and then fruit. Like, and do it in that order. Dude, one, it, it may it be so easy. Really, it, will it, I'll tell you what happened this weekend to me? When, like I said, there are times when I'll enjoy myself with friends and family, and you know, nourish relationships, and I'll eat what's there, not because it's about the food, but because it's about you know the people that are around me. But you know, I'll eat these foods. Let's you know, like if I ate something with sugar or I ate lots of starch, I am so aware of how my body responds because I pay attention to it. These are things that I ignored in the past. These are things that everybody ignores. But I'm so aware now that when I eat these foods, I clearly, I will eat big bowl of pasta with some bread and then I'll finish off my meal with my meat and vegetables or whatever. I'll sit there at the table stuffed. Like what I mean by stuff is that I have the physical feeling of being stuffed, but I'll have the emotional and the you know chemical craving for more sugar and carbohydrates. I'll literally be sitting there 
knowing I'm full. Like I can feel my stomach is very full. But it's you like, definitely can get some ice cream it, down. Yes, my stomach hurts because <laughs> it's full. And yet I still want to eat more food. This rarely happens to me when I don't eat those carbohydrates. I can easily stop before I get to that point because the signal has been told to my body you don't need any more. Instead, when I ate those starches, insulin went up, removed the the, the, the you know the sugar from my blood. Excellent. Now excellent, I'm craving more food. Excellent point. You're sending the wrong signal to your body. Could you imagine? So you know when you go to a restaurant, of course, this is, what, do, what do they serve for? Bread. First? They give you bread yeah. at they, your table. Imagine they give you a thing of just fat. Yeah. Here, straight, here's some bacon. Avo- here's some avocados. Uh, yeah. I'm not really interested in the uh, entree. Wouldn't yeah. that be great yeah. though? Wouldn't that be great if they did? They brought that out and they oh, they, yeah. they like served served you with avocado or served you with slices of bacon and that's all it was. Like <laughs> yeah. that would be great. Yeah, dude. you'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to eat them. Necessarily. Right? Then every, yeah. you know, everyone's dinner would be a salad. That's you, what it you would ever be. noticed that? By the way, like, just have a salad. They give, uh, and I I don't know if there's any studies about this. I would love to see one, but I would bet my left nut that. Giving don't, don't people do it, dude. by giving people free bread. You want both I, restaurants that give free bread uh, probably sell more food than restaurants that don't. Of course, I bet you anything because the people are eating the bread, yeah. and then all of a sudden the appetite goes up, and now they're like, you know, oh, you ready to order now? And they're like, fuck yes. It's I just am. like when you when you drop the uh, uh, dessert like menu, like right when people are still eating, so that way they put it in their mind. Already, and then they they always make room. Yeah, I I, I mean I, I'll say this a hundred times over. Uh, if we want to solve the health epidemic that we are having in this country and in most Western nations that we're starting to see in other Western nations, it is the overconsumption of carbohydrates and in particular processed long shelf life carbohydrates. And if you want to make one, if you want to make one change, just one change in your diet. Uh, one change in your relationship to food that will make a massive impact. It's take those carbohydrates and move them to the bottom of your list in terms of the order of macronutrients of importance and stick to foods that are real, that are natural. Here's the funny thing too. She made this hilarious <laughs> point. Say, yeah. yeah, like- If you have to ask yourself- If you have, yeah. If something says all natural on it, like if you have to ask yourself if it's all natural, it's not. Like yeah. you should look at a food and know, know, oh, that's natural yeah. rather than looking at a box I've and be like, I wonder, before, I wonder how that. natural this particular food is. <laughs> you know, stick to those whole natural foods. Think about your fats. The think about wiener. Think about vegetables. Think about proteins. And then at the end of all that, you're still hungry or whatever. Maybe have some of the you know carbohydrates, but watch what happens if you just make that one change. I think you'll be pretty blown away at how many of your uh, you know uh, you know weight loss uh, problems get solved simply by doing that one thing right there. Mm-hmm. That's right. So if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, we may give you a free T shirt. Also, go to Mind Pump TV. That's on YouTube. Uh, it's our Mind Pump TV channel. We're posting all kinds of awesome videos Daily. on exercise demos and you know advice on nutrition, and we'll be posting even more videos on all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Check it out. And also go to mindpumpmedia.com to check out uh, all of the programs that we offer if you need more specialized coaching. Check it out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>